0: Hey guys, it's so good to see you. It's a little bit weird um, that you guys are 10 miles away from me, uh, it feels like. Um, So thanks for braving, uh, coming, but then staying way, way away. Appreciate that. Um, For the last couple of months, guys, like it's been me and that little tripod right there. Uh, So it's so good to see faces. But I got to tell you, what ended up happening is last night, um, I couldn't sleep went to bed early, you know like a kid goes like the first day of school is coming the next day and they go to bed early and they're like ah, I can't wait, I can't wait to get to school and see all my friends and whatnot. Like last night I went to bed early but I couldn't go to sleep because uh, I was excited to see my friends. I was excited to be hanging out with you. So um, all morning long and all night long, there's been these butterflies that have just kind of been percolating up, percolating up inside of me. And so um, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Uh, I think it's a good thing that we're gathered here together this morning. Um, and uh, I, it's, it's time, right? We're, we're ready. So uh, I want you to open up your Bibles uh, to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. And I I think that Psalm 139 is a good place for us to kind of jump back in together uh, because we get to see David just kind of bring all of his emotions to the table and just kind of lay them at the feet of the Lord. Uh, And we get to see David find himself there in this place of raw and honest worship where there's no pretense, where there's just like, Lord, here I am. There's a lot of stuff going on in my life and I want to see you for how you see you. I want you to see me. I want to see me how you see me. And I'm just going to lay it all out there in front of you. And, And so my prayer for us this morning is that that would be us, right? That, that we would kind of model what David does in this place. That we would just kind of be like, hey, Lord, here I am. Like, here, here, here is me and all of me. It's been a while. There's been a lot of things that have been going on in my life, things that people know about, things that people don't know about, but I'm here. And I'm here right now, and I'm here to worship you. Now, we could get caught up in, in all kinds of different scenarios right now and seeing who's here and who's not here. We can get caught up in the scenario of like, man, I'm here. It's outside the sunshine and the wind's blowing, like it rained last night, it's not raining now, and we can get caught up in like thinking about all all kinds of different circumstances, and we can lose track of the fact that what we're here to do is to worship, and the glory is that we get to do it together this morning, and so my heart and my prayer is that as we spend time together this morning, that we're just going to be like David, Lord, here I am, and I'm here to worship, so would you join me as we pray, and then we'll really kind of get started. Father, thanks so much that we get this time (laughs) thinks that it is nice outside, that the sun is shining, that there is a great breeze, that this is a fantastic day that you've created. And so we're going to rejoice in this day. And not because we just get to gather together, but that's a good thing. But we're going to rejoice because you created this day, you're above this day, you're around this day, and you are worthy of our worship on this day. And so, Father, that's what we're going to do. We're going to worship you. We're going to dig into your word, and we're going to expect for you to meet us here. And we're going to pray that you would meet us in this space and bring our hearts, even if they're not there yet, that you would bring our heart to this place of worship. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Psalm uh, 139 says, O Lord, you've searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's high, I can't attain it. I, I want you to see here in these first few verses that David is full on in worship mode right here, right now. His heart is caught up in this goodness of God. And I I understand that we've got a lot of wind blowing into this thing, but we've done everything that we can, like, to try to stop that. So hopefully that's not too distracting to you, and this will be the last time I say anything about it, okay? All right, so we just acknowledge it's there. David, he's in full-on worship mode right here. And now I want you to remember, like the the expressions of uh, the Psalms are expressions of the heart. These are poems that were written to be sung. And what David is doing is he's sitting here and he's pouring out his heart before God. He's writing things, these things down, so that he can sing them back to God and worship Him. And here we are, thousands of years later. We are sitting, we're sitting here, and we're reading these Psalms with the intent of our hearts being drawn into this place of worship too. Psalms have these unique ways of just kind of grabbing all of our feelings, all of our emotions, the things that we can understand about ourselves, and the things that we have no clue. It's like, man, I don't even know why I'm thinking that right now. I don't know why I'm feeling that thing right now. And Psalms have the ability to take all of those emotions, grab them all together, and lay them at the feet of the Lord, and say, okay, let this lead me now to a place of of worship. And in this psalm, David is crying out to God here in all kinds of worship. And what we're going to do is we're going to see him. We're going to see him worship God for who God is, and we're going to see him worship God for how well God actually knows David himself, for who God is and how God knows David so well. Now, I want us to kind of get our bearings around this psalm. I want to get us our bearings even around David, because there's a lot of story that we know about David. There's a lot of history that we know about him. But I want us to know that David is a real dude, right? He's a flesh and blood guy, just like me and you. And so when he wakes up in the morning, dude's got bad breath. Right, He's got to figure out, how do I deal with this? i got to get rid of it. And he's a guy who wakes up in the morning, he's got to get dressed, he's got to find a bathroom. Right? Is that too far? Is that too far? I did, I, what I want you to do is I want you to see David as not this superhuman, this superhuman being or this mythical creature who gets everything right all the time. This is a guy who's had extreme highs and he's had extreme lows, right? He biffs it all the time. His family was a wreck, but this was a guy who kept coming back to God and saying, you know what? Lord, I want to bring it I want to bring it to you. Even when I mess up, I want to bring it back to you. And scripture even says of David that he was a man after his own heart. Now, how can David be a man after God's own heart when he messes up over and over and over again? Because he is a man who comes back to the Lord in contrition and says, you know what? I'm going to allow you to mold me and shape me, and and I'm going to myself to enter into a place of worship You. I'm not going to worship what I've done I'm not going to worship my own path I'm going to worship you for who you are and scripture says that David is a man after his own heart he doesn't always get it right he's flesh and blood just like you and me are flesh and blood he's just normal but he's full of worship here and what he says is Lord you have searched me and you have known me and what I want you to do is I want you to notice here that these are past tense words, right? There's just like drop a little grammar here. That's about all I can do when, when it comes to grammar, right? I just know past tense. That's it. I, I, it's clear to see these are past tense. He says, you have searched me. You have known me. You know when I'm tired. You know my history. You know my mannerisms. You know when I sit down on the couch and I'm tired and I need a rest. You know when I'm too lazy to get my tail end back up off the couch. You know my thoughts you know what I think. You know me better than I know myself. And if he were to sit in this place with us right now, he would say, you know what? You know how I feel about coronavirus. You know how I feel about uh, those who think like me about coronavirus, and you know what I feel about those who think differently, differently than me about coronavirus. You just know. You know who I am. God, you know there's nothing that's hidden from you. There's nothing about me. There's nothing about my life. There's nothing about what's going on inside of me that you don't know. Even my thoughts, before they're ever even close to my brain, God, you know me. Anybody know you like that? Anybody in your life, your your sister know you like that? Your brother know you like that? Your mom, your dad know you like that. Your spouse know you like that. In, in my life, there is nobody who knows me like that. And the person that gets this close to that is my bride, my Ashley, my boo. She, she knows me better than anybody else. She knows the things about me that nobody else gets to see, right? She sees me in my best moments, and she sees me in my absolute worst moments. She sees me when I'm frustrated with myself. She sees me when I'm frustrated with you. She sees me when I'm frustrated with my family. She sees me when I'm frustrated and I've lost my cool with my kids. She sees me in scenarios that nobody else gets to see me in. And she also, she gets to see me when I'm thriving in relationship with the Lord. But she also gets to see me when I'm being a lazy lard and doing nothing in my relationship with the Lord. She knows me better than anybody knows me. And I would honestly say that she may even know me better than I know myself sometimes. But the knowledge that she has of me is nothing in comparison to how God knows me. Nothing in comparison to how God knows me and how God knows you. Even in all of that, there's nothing that the Lord doesn't know about me. And there's nothing that the Lord doesn't know about you either. Now, let me ask you a question. When you think of somebody knowing you like that, like how does that make you feel, right? That somebody would actually know you this intimately and this closely. Better than you know yourself. For some of us, man, that is just, I mean, it's blissful news, man. I don't have to, I, like, like, the, like, somebody knows me. I'm not hidden. For some of you, that's the most terrifying thing that you've ever heard in your life. Maybe it's the most terrifying thing that you've heard right right now in this moment. It's just, for some, it's just overwhelmingly exciting. And for some, it just, like, like it will just, like, be a tripping block for you. Because you know, if there's somebody who knows you like that, if this is legit, if there's a God who knows you like that, then you know that there's no way to fake it. You know there's no way to hide. You know there's no way to cover up things. Like, you can fake it with your boys. You can fake it with your girls. You you can put on airs. You can pretend to be something that you're not. You can pretend to be more of something than you are. You can pretend to be less than something that you are. But you just can't fake it when you're around the Lord. Because He knows. And for some of you, that is amazingly awesome news. But for some of you, that is just absolutely terrifying to you. Do you know, like, what David's doing here? He's reflecting on something called the omniscience of God. The omniscience of God. Like, I'm gonna, on the count of three, I want us to all say that word together, okay? On the count of three, let's say omniscience. One, two, three. Omniscience. Now, you've probably heard that word before. Maybe you haven't, but here's the thing. That's just a fancy word that means that God knows everything. There is nothing that, that's to be known that God doesn't actually know. He knows everything. And honestly, if we're trying to hide stuff, if we're trying to hide stuff from ourselves and we're trying to hide stuff from other other people, that knowledge that he has of us is going to absolutely terrify us. But instead of being freaked out by this, instead of being freaked out by the fact that God knows him, David is actually comforted. Instead, there's a strange overwhelming comfort that David has at the fact that the God of all the universe would know him like this. And, and you, you might be thinking, yeah, right. <laughs> Nobody's comforted by being exposed all the time. Nobody's comforted by like, man, there is nothing about me that that they don't know, there's nothing about me, because there's some things in my life that I thought that nobody knew. There's some things in me that I hope nobody ever knows. And to think that somebody would find out about that, you would say that's comforting? Like, I'm not making this stuff up, right? Like, check it out. You, you don't have to freak out uh, about being known and exposed like this. And you can be comforted by this, too. Here's a, David's able to worship because he knows that the God who knows him this well, that God who knows everything about him, warts and all, baggage, everything that comes along, that God still loves him. This God who knows everything about him still loves him. And for David, that is comforting. Look what he says. He says, You him me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Well, what's that mean? It means that even though God knows the good, the bad, and the ugly about us, this knowledge doesn't lead David to be destroyed by the God who knows everything about him. And it doesn't lead to us being destroyed when God knows everything about us either. This knowledge actually leads David to being guarded by the Lord, for, for God to pull him in and to embrace him. And for David, there is no comfort like the comfort that that, that that God can give him by absolutely knowing everything about him. And for us, there's no comfort that we can have like the comfort of being fully exposed out in front of the Lord. Like Even the idea of saying fully exposed, for some of us, like like, oh, man, that, that sounds X-rated. For some of us, that sounds like, man, you're not supposed to be fully exposed in any scenario. But to be fully exposed and fully known by the Lord, this is a good thing. Because you walk into the guarding and the protection of the Lord. David says, You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. You lay your hand upon me. Now, right before Ashley and I... uh, we're getting ready to start dating. Man, I was terrified of a conversation that she and I were gonna to have to have with one another. Because uh, I've got a, a fairly checkered past, some of which you know, not all of it. Um, you don't know everything about me. Um, but she, she needed to know everything about me. And I was terrified of the conversation that we were going to have. And um, I I knew, though, if this thing was going to go forward, if it was ever going to amount to anything, she needed to know everything about me, or at least everything that I knew about myself. I felt like she needed to know. And so I can remember the night that I bared all of my scars, all of my baggage, all of my shorts, and I laid it all out in front of her uh, to to hear. And I I can remember the night like it was yesterday, actually. Uh, We had gone on this fantastic date. Like, man like I I blew it out of the park on this one. I don't know if I've ever like recovered for how good this one is, right? Like set the bar pretty pretty high on the front end. But we came back from, from that date and we were sitting next to each other and my heart was pounding out of my chest because I knew, I knew that I was going to, I was going to give her everything that she needed to know about me that night to make an informed decision if she wanted to spend the rest of her life with me, right? And so my heart is beating out of my chest and, and, and so I, I sat beside of her and I said, hey, Ashley, I've got to tell you some things. Actually, I've got to tell you a lot of things. And then I just laid everything out. I didn't hold anything back. There was nothing about me that she didn't get to know about that night. She knew everything, and I'll never forget how she responded in that moment. She didn't take the information that I'd given her and just blast me with it. She she put her hand on my arm, and she looked me in my eyes, and she said, It's okay. I, I forgive you. And, and that's what I wanted to hear, right? I, I, I wanted to hear, for, and so in that moment, every, like, I bawled like a baby, right? Like, you guys are probably wondering, like, how'd you handle that? Well, that's what I did. I bawled, and that's probably no surprise to most of you. Like, tears were flowing. But the, 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 the terror that I had in my heart that she was just gonna take that information and beat me over the head and never want anything to do with me again was thrown out the window because she took the information that, she, that, that I gave her and she didn't beat me with it, she actually moved closer to me in that. And, and, she, and she said, thank you for letting me know this information. And so I wasn't terrified anymore. Now the information that she had about me was no longer a terror, it was actually a comfort. It was a comfort. And that's what David is expressing here on a much grander level, right? He says, you know me and I'm comforted by that fact. And because of that, I worship you. And David's not terrified anymore. He, he feels the hand of God on his shoulder. You hem me in behind him before, and you lay your hand upon me. Knowing the God who knows me like that leads me to a place of worship. And I'm betting that he would do the same with you. To allow God to know you and for you to know him that way could actually lead you to a place of worship. Do you ever just stop to think about, like, man... How, how much God actually really knows. And then how much He actually really knows about you. What I want you to do is I want you this week, I want you to take some time in your prayer lifetime to just sit down and reflect like David is reflecting on the omniscience of God. Man, He knows everything. And He knows me. And what He knows about me, He doesn't run from. He actually runs towards. And He embraces me in that space. Look at verse 7. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, if I make my bed in the grave, he says, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not night to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you." What David is saying here is not only does God know me, but I can't hide from God. There's nowhere that I can go from him. I've tried. I've tried to run everywhere. I've run, and everywhere I ran, he was there. I couldn't outrun him. He's like a gold medal sprinter. Every time I take off, he's at the finish line before I get there. He's there to meet me. He's like the world's best hide and seeker. He finds me every time that I try to hide. It just doesn't seem fair. That's who God is. He knows everything, and he's everywhere. I can't hide from him and maybe you've tried that scenario before in your life right Maybe you've tried to be a David in those scenarios where you just, you just try to hide from the truth of who God is. For whatever reason, that might be for you. You didn't want to believe that maybe there was a God because if there was a God, um, then he kind of had the final say. And if he had the final say, you kind of had to do it his way. If he had the final say, then you kind of had to give up control. And giving up control just really wasn't your thing. You like to hold on to that control. And you said, well, I'm not going to go down that road to believe that there's a God because if I do, I've got to give up that control. And so you ran as fast and as far as you could. Or maybe you've been in a scenario where you felt like, man, my sin is just too deep. My sin is too ugly. It is too impressively overwhelming for me. And it will definitely be too impressively overwhelming for anybody else and even God himself, that not even he could forgive me or ever want me to be a part of his family because of that. And so you run and you run and you run. But everywhere you turn, he just keeps kind of popping back up. You can't hide from him. You can't hide in the bottom of a bottle even though you might have tried. You can't hide in in an empty bottle of pills, even though you might have tried. You can't hide in endless relationships, even though you might have tried. You can't hide in your work and success at work, even though you tried and you might be trying right now. There is nowhere that you can hide from God. And you know what David is doing here as he talks about this. He's reflecting on something called the omnipresence of God. And on the count of three, I want us to say omnipresence together, okay? On the count of three, one, two, three. Omnipresence. Right? And for 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 those of you who care, like that's just a word that just means that God is is everywhere all the time at the same time. There's nowhere that He's not. It doesn't mean that He's in everything. It means that He's everywhere all the time at the same time. He's omnipresent. He's all present. And there's nowhere that God is not. And what some of you might need to hear this morning what you might need to hear right now is that you can't, you just can't hide from God. You've tried, you've covered some things, you've run, you've gotten tired of running, and you're beginning to realize, man, it just doesn't work. And not being able to hide is starting to really look like a good thing for you. Even though it's looked like a terrible thing in the past, not being able to hide from Him is finally starting to look like a good thing for you because it means that I don't have to be stuck in isolation. It means that I don't have to be stuck in my shame. It means that I don't have to be stuck in my hiding and where I think that's where I deserve to be. And it's a good thing that we can't hide from Him because it means that, that we don't die in our guilt. We don't die in that place. Because He knows, right? He was there. There's no hiding from Him. There's no hiding from a God who's always present. There's no hiding from a God who beats you to the place that you want to run to. There's no hiding from a God who beats you to the the hiding spot that you want to be in. Like, there's no running from an all-present God, and that's a good thing. And so some of us are starting to finally see that hiding is not a good thing, and that coming out of that and being exposed is a very good thing. Let me ask you, where do you go to hide? When you hide, where do you go? What I want you to do this week is you spend some time in prayer. And and, and then those moments where you think, like, man, I want to cover this thing up. I want to hide from this. I don't want anybody to know this. In those moments where you're thinking, like, I just want to hide. I just want to run. I want you to take those moments. I want you to grab a hold of them. I want you to bring them to the Lord. And, And realize that even though I might be trying to hide right now, He wants to meet me in that place. So allow Him to draw you out of that place. And allow worship to begin to bubble up inside of you. And realizing He knows everything about you. And even though you want to hide in that, He's moving towards you anyway. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. What David's doing right here is he's reflecting on something called the omnipotence of God. The omnipotence. And so on the count of three, let's do it again. Let's say omnipotence together, okay? One, two, three. Omnipotence. And again, for those of you who care, that's just a fancy word that means that God is all-powerful. That He can do anything that He wants to do. Like, there is anything is within His power to do if He wants to do it. There's nothing that He can't do. And, and, and in the realm of design, that He created the world right? That, that's something that he wanted to do. He created the world. He designed it. And not only did he create the world, but he created the universe in which our world exists and in which order holds it all together. He holds all this together. And 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 not only did he create the world and not only did he create the universe, but he created human life. He created us at the same time and he's still involved in creating human life. And that means he created you as you sit here in this parking lot on whatever day it is today. What Today is May 31st. On May 31st, He's, like He created you and you are here right now. And what that means is that you have a plan, that there is a purpose for your life, right? That He didn't just create you to leave you, He created you, He intricately wove you together in your mother's womb. No matter what the what, what the circumstances of your conception was, whether mama was there, whether daddy was there, whether mama or daddy is there right now, you have been intricately woven together in the womb of your mother. However that happened for you, okay? And because of that, there is a plan and a purpose that God has given you on your life. God knows you, you can't hide from Him, and He has made you, and He knows what's best for you. My mentor, uh, Pete Briscoe, I've said this before, he says that uh, culture says that before you were ever born, you were a mass. But Psalm 139 says that before you were born, you were a masterpiece not a mess, not a mess, but you are a masterpiece. And that's true of you right now. You are a masterpiece in the hands of God. The Creator knit you together and He knows what's best for you. And He's got a plan and He's got a purpose for your life. And here's what that means. It means you don't have to hide anymore. It means you're free to come out of hiding. Means you don't have to run anymore. You're free to stop and rest in Christ. It means you don't have to hide. He knows where you're strong He knows where you're weak. He knows exactly what you need, and He knows exactly when you need it. He knows your secrets, He knows your skeletons, He knows the things in the closet that you don't want to bring out. He knows about those things. He knows the things about you that nobody else gets to see, and He knows the things about you that you don't want anybody ever to know about. And hear this, even though He knows all of that, (laughs) He still loves you. He does. He still loves you. It doesn't stop His affection and His feelings for you. He's still moving towards you. And when David comes to this realization here, he has confidence to just press in the God and say, okay, if you know me that well, if you love me that well, if there really is no place that I can hide, if you really did intricately put me together in my mother's womb, if you really did give me a plan and a purpose in this life, and you know me this well, then I might as well just tell you everything that's going on inside of me. I might as well just give you everything and allow, and allow myself to enter into a place of worship for who you are and, and not hide in my hiding, okay? Or not stay in my hiding. He says, you know what? There's really something that's getting under my skin. Look at verse 18. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. I do, not, I, I, do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. You're like, whoa, David, settle down here. But David's like, you know what? I don't need to hide. This is how I'm feeling, right? These are the emotions that I have. And I want to align myself with you. You hate wickedness. I want to hate wickedness too. You hate sin, I wanna hate sin too. Move me into the place where I see things the way that you see things. I'm just laying it all out on the table. David is being so honest here because he knows that God knows him and he can't hide anywhere and God knows what's best for him, right? And so in verse 23, he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting here's what David's doing. He's saying, God, you know me. I can't hide from you. And so help me see what you see. Help me see the way that you see the world around me and help me specifically see myself the way that you see me and move me into the place where I worship you for who you are and how well you know me. I I said that when We started one of the things the thing that I wanted us to do more than anything else was not just be fascinated with Being together again, of which I'm fascinated guys. I am inside I am jumping and leaping for joy that I'm getting to talk to you face-to-face like, you know mano-a-mano people-to-people not just me to a camera But I loving the fact that we are together And I love you that are sitting at home as well, and I can't wait till you feel safe to, to be with us, too but my goal for us when we were started was that we would get to a place where you say, "Lord, here it is. Here's everything. I'm not holding anything back. It's not I, I, like I've gone through some things. I've been through a lot over the past couple of months. I've been through a lot in my life. And what I want to do is, I just want to be here and I just want to worship you. I want to worship you amongst my brothers and sisters. I want to worship you amongst those who might be, become brother and sister one day. I just want to be here and I want to worship you. And so with the the time that we have left, whatever time that is, I want us to spend that time actively worshiping God. I know you've been actively worshiping just by giving me your ears and worshiping the Lord by hearing his word. But I want us to spend some time in prayer together, where we worship and we join our voice with David's here, where where he says, Lord, God, you know me. There's nowhere I can hide. And I want to see me the way that you see me. You're powerful more powerful than anything that I can ever imagine. And so I'm going to lead us in prayer in those three areas. And so I'm just going to simply state a statement and I'm going to give you just a few moments to, to bow your head before the Lord and worship Him according to who He is and how well this God knows you. Okay? So would you join me in worship? Let's pray. God, You know me. You know me better than I know myself. You know me better than anybody else knows me. And so because of that, this morning, Lord, I want to worship you. I want to worship you for your knowledge, for your omniscience, God. I want to worship you for the fact that there is nothing that you don't know. And so just take a couple minutes, just in your heart, with the Lord, Lord, I worship you for who you are and how you know. you're everywhere (laughs) you're everywhere and there is nowhere that I try to flee where I can hide when I make it there you're there and so I want to praise you God I want to worship you for just a few moments because you won't let me hide you draw me out of those places You, you, you sweep the corners of my life clean you move me out so I'm fully exposed before you which is a good thing. Lord, we've tried to run. We've tried drugs. We've tried alcohol. We've tried relationships. We've tried pleasure. We've tried work. We've tried success. We've tried power and authority. We've tried everything to block out the fact that we, the the idea or the thought that we don't need you and that there's somewhere that we can flee away from you. But you just won't let us. So let us worship you for the fact that you find us and you love us where we are. God, you are more powerful than anything that we could ever imagine. Your power is limitless. And by your power, you created all things that our eyes see that are beautiful. And Father, by your hands, you created this earth which we live upon. You created the universe that holds it in balance. And you hold it all together. And even on top of that, God, you created each and every one of us with a plan and a purpose. And we are intricately woven together, powerfully and wonderfully made. And so, Father, we want to worship you right now that you have a plan and a purpose for our life and that you are this God who can do anything. And in your power, you chose to create us and you chose to have a relationship with us. And so, Father, right now we worship you for the relationship that you want to have with us. Lord I thank you for our time together I thank you for my brothers and sisters I thank you for the community gathered together again Lord I pray just for uh, good health, I pray for safety I pray Father that you are glorified and honored this morning I pray Father for, again, just the rioting that's going on in our country right now. Lord, bring peace. Bring, their, bring hearing with what the rioting is doing. Lord, let us hear under the surface of what the heart cry of our brothers and sisters really is. Father, we want justice. We want, we want justice. We want equality. We want uh, everybody to be seen in the eyes that you see them in. And so Lord, let us hear that heart cry. Let us not just get mad at what we're seeing being done, but let's get mad at the injustice that's under the surface. And so, Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters of color all around that you would, you would establish um, peace there. Father, that you would establish justice, that you would establish order, and that the voice that's being cried out would be heard. and be heard loudly, and that your church of every color, of every size, of every gender, would rally around that cry for unity. Thanks that we get to be together this morning. That's my joy, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I love you guys. It's so good. So good.